right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Skirmish Supremacy. Uh, normally, this is where I say I'm your host, Tim Korkleski, and I'm joined by uh, Nick Bogart, who never talks anyway, but today he's really not going to talk. My co-host isn't even on this damn thing. But uh, today I am joined by Ben Jarvis from Megaton Games. They have an awesome Kickstarter right now called Armored Syndicate. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Hey, not a problem at all. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Megaton Games and Armored Syndicate and how you guys got started and we'll kind of go from there, talk about the game, what's cool about the Kickstarter, what's unique about the game itself, and uh, we'll just see where it takes us. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, do you want me to kick off and give, give yeah. you the sort of potted history of where we came from? I mean, I, I, I sort of I got into the industry as a painter, mainly. I mean, when I was, when I was a teenager, I would like... I was one of those geeks hanging out in my local games workshop, you know, uh, painting miniatures, and that was that was that was sort of what drew me into it. I was ironically, as an owner of a games company, I was never that much into the games. Um, I just <laughs> liked the models, so I, I sort of come at it from a from a sort of more of a creative side. Um, I trained in trained in product design um, and actually ran a, a, a toy design company for quite a while, um, but always had this wish to get back into sort of miniatures and, and, and that side of things. I, um, you know, I didn't want to be designing furniture or, or, you know, consumer electronics. I wanted to be designing, you know, women with big tits and swords and <laughs> guys in armor with big guns and stuff like that. So that, that was, that was, I wanted to come back into it from a, from a creative point of view. I wanted to, wanted to be sort of, uh, doing that kind of stuff for a living. That was my ultimate aim. So, so yeah, I sort of steered my, my toy company towards games, um, unashamedly derailed it in order to in order to just go and do what i wanted to do really so uh um yeah uh so so we we launched our first our first game uh well, about three years ago now um which was actually a uh it was sort of a bit of a weird one it wasn't really miniatures related i was gonna say actually i, I started out i actually restarted painting sort of competitively about uh seven or eight years ago um and ended up um you know entering golden demon and winning various things over the years and made some good friends in the industry um and that was sort of what prompted me to get back into it commercially um so yes yeah, so, so we, we launched launched our first um first game which was a lego lego compatible mech fighting game uh, about three years ago um so that was my other my other passion was was uh, uh was lego building um which was something i loved when i was a kid so i thought the idea of combining uh sort of lego mechs and 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 games was sort of the ultimate holy trinity for me in terms of sort of uh, stuff i liked so so that was our first project which did quite well and then yeah as i said I, I from then on we, we we had this well we had this idea for for something involving sort of mechs in the desert and this sort of whole wild west mech combat thing that was an idea i had about 12 13 years ago um so it's been kicking around for a long long time um and yeah we finally decided a couple of years back no let's actually finally do it it was one of those things we kept putting off we thought oh you know we'll we'll have learned more in a few years time let's 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 leave it and we kept on leaving it and leaving it it just got to the point where we thought no we let's let's do it now nice nice so this has been something you've been wanting to do for a while um you know being being coming from the toy industry you had a lot in design so I did get a lot of a lot of what you've learned in school really helped you design the mechs and everything else for the game. And like you, you, when you were talking about doing this initially, you already had a direction in mind as to visually what you wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, we, Armored Syndicate has been sort of influenced by a whole bunch of stuff over the last few years. Um, it was it was always kind of that we we wanted to have this idea of these sort of um, well, it started out very much focused on. Um, mechs that looked like jcbs fighting each other in the desert that was that was the sort of initial visual style ironically the first stuff we've launched hasn't focused on all of the sort of mining and jcb type mechs um though that is all coming later um but yeah the very first designs i did were all along that theme but it's it's subsequently with this whole idea of having um these sort of big evil corporations and these guys in suits 
looking somewhat out of place fighting mercenaries in the desert um, was was sort of a big part of it. So there's there there's influences from all kinds of things there. There's a little bit of the Matrix and a little bit of uh, you know a little bit of Mad Max and, and all kinds of things thrown in. So uh, it's it's sort of yeah it's been I, I've got this folder on my on my desktop which is bulging now which has got about 500 images in it of just stuff i've collected off the internet over the last sort of five or six years of things that i thought looked cool you know renders and and sketches and drawings by other people and 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 stills from films and all kinds of stuff and it's yeah it's all basically sort of you know uh, dusty looking mercenaries in the middle of the desert fighting people with robots so um yeah it's it's developed its own unique <laughs> unique style but it's yeah it's come from a lot of different directions cool so tell us a little bit of the background of armored syndicate because let's face it most of the people that listen to podcasts are too damn lazy to go read a kickstarter page <laughs> yeah very true um i am i know i am um it, the basic idea is it's 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 a it's a slight twist on a familiar theme um the idea is it's set about 110 120 years in the future so not not like dim distant sci-fi future but believable not that distant future the idea is that uh, i had this idea that it, and it's worryingly coming true that you're going to have these big mega corporations which are going to sort of conglomerate into ever bigger and bigger organizations you know google are going to buy out facebook and then this this google facebook hybrid are going to then buy out disney and and you're going to end up with these enormous companies that do everything um and the idea was that that there's going to come a point you know when these companies start buying up robotics companies which they have been doing um where they're gonna they're gonna basically own all the best toys they're going to own all of the military hardware they're going to own the media um and you know everyone's going to wake up one day and, and realize that the governments basically don't have any control anymore and the corporations are in charge so the the the, the core idea is that that everyone's had that awakening realized that the governments have kind of lost control and the corporations have have seized on this and basically started open warfare between each other um so it's sort of set in a the idea is that global warming has kind of reduced most of the western u.s to uh um to deserts so sorry about that um <laughs> there's nothing personal but it seemed like a really good setting um to the brits to turn the u.s into an arid shithole thanks <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you wanted it for yourselves, so you know you you threw all our tea in the water, and we just left. So uh, we're not fast if it turns to <laughs> desert now. So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so so that's the that's the sort of setting is it's it's sort of Western US, but it's all abandoned cities. So you know Vegas and everywhere's all been abandoned because it was no longer economically viable to sort of keep these sort of cities going in the middle of a desert um so there's lots of sort of you know abandoned crumbling buildings and it's it's all sort of outlaws and prospectors and and hardened dodgy people um uh, roaming around the desert and everything's kind of owned by these big corporations who are sort of you know basically fighting each other over land and and resources now because it's the only thing that's left that's got any value um so um so yeah so that's that's the sort of idea is that there's there's obviously mercenaries we we threw in this this whole uh sort of uh, um latin american side to it we, we we figured that it would be quite cool to um to to have th- this sort of civil war going on and and all sort of you know normal national boundaries have kind of broken down so so we've, we've got the mexicans involved as well um assuming trump doesn't build his wall um that they've 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 come in and started started getting involved in the um uh the, the whole thing as well so there's lots of sort of uh, you know everything's got sort of spanish themed names and things um so that's that's sort of you know there's lots of you know sugar skulls painted on mechs and things like that so which was sort of a nice nice extra little sort of visual side to it that we did, didn't think anyone had done before so um uh that adds a little bit of interest to the sort of visual style of it so yes yeah, so it's, it's essentially it's 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 these sort of desert hardened mercenaries and, and outlaws fighting against these big evil corporations who are trying to sort of take control of everything um so that's that's sort of the core idea behind it nice nice so um, so what I'm gathering from this is that the, the, the different factions that you're going to have in the game are basically all powerful. Like nobody's gonna be able to screw with these guys. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, we didn't want to obviously having sort of, you know, 
desert outlaws versus massive mega corporations is always going to seem like the mega corporations have got like the, the upper have always got the upper hand um so we, we've we've been trying to sort of be very careful to make sure that it's it is actually fairly balanced um so um the, the 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 way we've done that both in the in the story and in the gameplay is that is that the desert mercenaries obviously live in this environment they're used to this environment all of their hardware is a little bit older a little bit more analog like the like the analog mechs in in uh, pacific rim surviving when the more advanced ones don't um so they're they're all their hardware is a little bit older and a little bit rusty and a little bit battered about but survives you know like the whole thing about you know ak-47s being able to be maintained by a neanderthal with a rock um it's the same kind of thing that all their hardware is a lot more hardy whereas these sort of mega corporations have got all this you know incredibly advanced stealth technology but you put it in the middle of a dusty desert and it all starts breaking down so um, that's how we've sort of tried to keep the balance between the two sides gotcha so even though like the the more advanced corporation has like all the new sexy sleek black stuff that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to do that hot when they're out walking around in the desert so i like that a lot that's actually a, a really cool way of looking at it it kind of it kind of harkens back to like uh you know not to bring up another mech game but like i'm a huge battle tech fan so it's very much to me kind of reminiscent of uh when the succession war started happening and basically you had mechs that were like agro mechs, like mining mechs, where it's like these things were designed to be outside and dirty and dusty and grimy. And then they started creating war mechs, which were a lot sexier, but that also meant that they didn't, they took a lot more maintenance in order to keep going, where an agro mech, you could just be like, ah, has it got diesel? Yep, okay, keep it going. Yep. Exactly, exactly. That that was exactly where we came from. Was was that idea that, you know, all this stuff? We're we're actually we've got these two. We got the two initial factions, which were ironically not the first two that we came up with um but but yeah we've got the mercenary gang and we've got the the, the big evil dromeda corp who are the sort of their 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 logo looks worryingly like the windows logo i can't think why that is but um but yeah so they're, they're the sort of this big generic evil corporation um we've also got a third third faction which we're bringing in later on which are called uh, baxter mining who are a mining corporation a, a sort of they've got quarries and they've got oh as i said all of their mechs are going to look like you know basically walking jcbs that have been retrofitted with guns and stuff so it's again as you say they're, they're more suited to the environment that they find themselves in than this you know very sleek highly advanced stealth technology which is all going to start breaking as soon as you get it dusty yeah, that's that's definitely cool. So tell us a little bit more about the new faction then. Are you able to do that? I know that uh, the Kickstarter right now is only showing the two, but uh, obviously I know you guys want to go a little bit farther than just the Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean we've 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 mapped it out. I mean we're 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 sort of you know this is the this is the bit of it that really interests me is is this sort of whole idea of coming up with the backstory and coming up with the characters. So uh, me and my friend who who sort of came up with the idea sat down a, a few months back, and we came up with a list of about forty new characters um, and like three new factions that we want to bring in. Um, as I said, Baxter Mining are kind of they they were actually the first faction we came up with before all the rest of them. They were they were actually the first people we came up with. Um, um, so they're, they're going to be it's going to be run by this sort of third generation miner called Billy Bob Baxter, who who's kind of a, a redneck redneck done good. So he, he, he sort of his his father happened to find this sort of uh, seam of tin or something in, in the mountains uh, in the land that he happened to own. Bit like the sort of you know the Beverly Hillbillies, he he, he accidentally struck on the, struck it rich, um, and he sort of inherited this mining company, which he's he's not that not that interested in but he quite likes the idea of going and fighting people with mechs so um he he's not a great businessman but um is going to make a very interesting faction because as i said you've got all of these sort of you know slightly slightly overweight redneck miners um with these great big jcb mechs uh you know taking on the big corporations um so they're going to be quite a cool faction i said everything's going to be you know look very industrial we've been going around i I actually went to a a a quarry near me to go and take photographs of machinery to base all of the designs on so we're we're, we're sort of taking it we're trying to make it it's important to me that it's that it's all realistic it's believable um so we're taking a lot of cues from sort of existing technology in order to try and make these mechs look like they could actually work they could actually exist so it's not it's not sort of like wild sci-fi 
it, 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 people look at it and go, my goodness, you know, that, that's actually only a few years away. This, this could be real. Right. So in a way, it's kind of uh, reminiscent of the loader mech from like some of their stuff is reminiscent of the loader mech from like the aliens movies where you look at it and it's kind of like that kind of looks like a fork truck with legs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. It, it's going to be there's going to be lots of styling cues in there. As I said coming from product design background, that's my my sort of thing is 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 has always been sort of um, you know communicating ideas visually. So yeah, we, we're so we're taking literally stealing stealing design elements from how JCB arms work and putting them directly into these mechs. Um, so uh, we, we originally we had some designs that were all sort of like quadrupedal mechs that looked a little bit more like animals. Um, but we realized that for people to be able to relate to them and sort of because the idea is that all of the mechs whereas obviously a lot of a lot of games use mechs almost like tanks they're they're kind of pieces of hardware um we from the very outset we wanted the mechs to be characters so they're they're all semi-sentient um so the mechs are can be reasoned with they can be bribed um they can be made to get angry um so it's very much about the human characters trying to control the mechs so it's, it's kind of like well that's why we've got these we've got mech rustlers um and we've got mech hackers and we've got mech handlers so they're, they're almost treated like very large dumb dangerous animals so you've got to have humans or other smaller robots looking after them to keep them under control. Um, so uh, that that was sort of important from the outset was that we wanted them to be characters. So for that for that reason, we've we've gone over to ev- pretty much everything being bipedal now. So it's all sort of vaguely human looking, um, albeit some of it's quite squat. And we wanted everything to have hands as well. We wanted we again we we, we were sort of looking at everything having built in weapons, but um, it it looks cooler. And we had this idea of it wanting to have like things that looked like human weapons, like revolvers and swords and things, but just ridiculously oversized. Um, so yeah, the idea of this like 50, 60 foot high mech holding a revolver that weighs four tons and fires like 200 millimeter shells, um, just seemed really, really cool. And again, it was something we hadn't seen done before. So, so yeah, we wanted this idea of these sort of like ridiculously massive gunslinger mechs that had, you know, handguns that were, you know, as big as a building. Yeah. And I said, the, the biggest one that stood out to me out of the ones that, uh, you've shown so far is probably El Toro. He's the assault mech for the, uh, the gang. I, I'm sorry. I forget the name of the The Cuervos Muertos. Um, That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He looks really, really cool. The, the moment I saw that, I was like, okay, there's definitely the Western element to him because he's got these massive, massive guns that you could tell where, you know, they're not true revolvers, but they definitely had that look of a revolver where it's like, he's going to have to reload these bad boys. They're not just, arm cannons yeah absolutely he, he was actually i mean el toro was is actually based on um a existing mech design by uh, phil dunn who used to do uh, used to be a designer for games workshop um he, he famously did a lot of tau stuff um a while back and he he's he's gone on to he runs his own company now making making just selling making and selling mech uh, mech models in resin um and he already had this design and we, we we approached him i was a friend friend of phil's for a few years and i approached him and said look that mech would look absolutely awesome in our game could you sort of modify it a little bit and if we wanted to look as at the time he again he had uh, variations of it that had sort of weapons built into the arms and we said well look if we want it to have hands and we want it to look like it's holding two pistols is that doable and he he within a couple of weeks he'd already sculpted it for us so um so yeah so that that was the idea was that, i mean el toro is actually meant to be a old chinese military mech that's about 30 years old that they won in a poker game um so we again we've, we've sort of included all this sort of backstory for every single character every mech's got an origin story um so as to where it's come from and why it's doing what it is and why it's you know why it's where it is so uh yeah so el toro is pretty cool he's he, he sort of inadvertently ended up being by far the biggest thing we've released so far he's about four inches tall and uh at least four inches wide he's he's a very very big he's about a 
30, 25, 30 part resin kit, I think. I'm trying to try to remember how many parts, but yeah, it's a quite a big old kit. So um, um, yeah, and, until you see it in hand, it's it's hard to imagine sort of quite how large it is. People have looked at the price and gone, really? I, you know, that looks like it's only about the size of a size of a, a, a dreadnought, but it's it's quite a lot bigger. It's it's a lot bulkier. It weighs about probably about four or five times as much. So um, yeah, it's quite a big model. Yeah, I noticed that because uh, so today on the Skirmish Supremacy uh, Facebook page, I did post up your kind of side by side of everything that's coming up for the game. Mm. And I noticed that he stood head and shoulders, even more so taller than everything else. Like, uh, you know, you have two other mechs in the game that really stood out to me. Uh, the, the suit and the pinstripe, which are the uh, the Dromeda's mechs, which they looked really cool to me because they kind of reminded me of like that faceless enemy. Like they, they, it's like they have no personality. They're they're designed to do one thing and one thing only. Yeah, that that was kind of the idea. Well, the the, the design of them. It, I started out that I wanted them to look like uh, sort of tall, thin men in suits. That that was the origin of the design. So the the very first sketches looked a little bit too much like robots in suits um so it was a little it wasn't quite subtle enough so we we've sort of refined it so they've got like a vent on their front that, that's sort of the shape of a tie um so if you look at them closely you start noticing things that they, and they've got like uh they've got um uh, little panel lines on their on their sort of uh, breast sides which which look like pockets and things like that so there's little cute cl- cues that make them look a little bit like suits um which is why they're called suits um the the, the idea was yeah they're meant to look literally be sort of completely emotionless uh very very harsh angular looking sort of slightly skeletal um human robots the yeah they're about eight eight or nine feet tall so they're quite large um and their heads are actually based on uh, like chess pieces so they're they're sort of again meant to meant to look like uh sort of emotionless pawns um that that are, that are literally just there to do the corporation's bidding and nothing more and have absolutely no you know you can't reason with them they just they're just there to do a job um so uh, if you don't agree with them you better run that's yeah, that's really cool because those those out of all the mechs, I mean, keep in mind like uh, El Toro was amazing. The suits were the ones that like caught my attention the most. I think it was the design because I was like, wow, those those look like big walking like almost like men in black. Like that was the first thing that came to my mind is these are men in black. Like this 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 faction's all about like fear and getting the job done, and that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. From them, just just off of the look alone. So, and then uh, I noticed you had a couple other mechs right now. Uh, so you have the SS, I'm sorry, the S445 service bots. And these look like some QC little just like repair mechs. Yeah, they actually, I mean, they evolved from uh, our first figure that we released was Maria, uh, who's one of the one of the sort of gang members. And we wanted her to have this little cute like robot sidekick. Um, so I, I just started sketching things and I thought I, I, in my mind I had like I want this to be our R2-D2 I want this to be our sort of instantly recognisable cute little robot that that's sort of a key part of the story um so the idea is that this was her sort of all the humans had a had a service bot that that worked with them when she was working at this power plant um and Dromeda Corporation attacked this power plant and killed pretty much everyone and her and she managed to rescue her robot and, and left with it um so they've sort of become inseparable and now it, it sort of helps her now she's working in this gang um so it, it was yeah it was kind of like i wanted something that looked looked cute but sad um so it's got this sort of panel line over it's uh, underneath it that look kind of looks like a sad face <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> if you look at it front on um so so yeah so it was, it was called chico so um yeah this little robot called chico and and it, the moment we launched it, everyone was like, "Yeah, the the the, mod, the Maria model's nice, but I just want that little robot. <laughs> Can you just sell that separately? Can I have like an army of those?" So we started thinking, "Well, yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. Seen as we've seen as we've sculpted it, it's quite a nice, iconic little design." Um, let's start selling them separately. So we had this idea of, well, it, you know, we can we can include them as a sort of independent character that you can add on to any faction. Um, and we, we I designed uh, a little little add-ons for them, um, some little arms and a little sort of like taser gun or a little smoke dispenser that you can add on to the top of them to give them a little bit more functionality. Um, and then we started selling them as a, as a sort of pack of these just little service bots. Um, so, yeah, so they're quite cool. Um, 
we're, we're sort of yet to work out exactly what their function is in the game. Um, but I think, as I said, we've got this idea that obviously the, the, the bigger mechs always need to be A, kept under control and B, kept repaired because um, they're forever breaking down and you you know there's going to be things happening to them all through the game the way they're going to need servicing. They're going to need some someone or something to go and help them. Um, so that's that's what that's what the role of these little tiny bots is going to be is that they're going to sort of be running around the battlefield trying to repair things as fast as they can and not get blown up hopefully nice and then of course there's the one that stood out to me the moment i saw it was roro rabbit <laughs> yeah he was the he was the most fun I, I kind of it was it was one of those again it was while we were brainstorming ideas for for sort of future factions and things and we were thinking right well we, if we've generated this world and we've got this massive evil corporation that's bought up everything it's it's going to have bought up like a, a, a media company it's going to have bought up disney for for want of a better description and therefore it's going to own a animation studio and it's going to have its own characters that it runs you know it does cartoons of and it prints pictures of them on kids lunch boxes and that you know these characters get into everything um so we thought well we need to come up with a character that dromeda corporation has it that it's their mickey mouse basically um that exists not only as a as a cartoon character but again the natural conclusion is if they if they owned you know the equivalent of disney then they must therefore also have a theme park for their cartoon characters and if 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 you know robot technology has advanced enough that all heavy labor and everything is done by robots then you know no one's going to want to dress up in a big heavy suit and pretend to be a cartoon character anymore it's going to be done by a robot so we had this idea of this kind of westworld type disneyland theme park in california that was inhabited by entirely by robot cartoon characters um headed up by Roro Rabbit, who's their 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 sort of as I said, their their Mickey Mouse. Um and so it was called Roro World. And we then had this idea that, well, if they're gonna have had this 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 sort of, you know, theme park in the Western US, then when everything else was abandoned, the theme park was probably abandoned as well. And they're probably not going to have hung around and made sure that the robots are okay. They're just going to have left them there. So we I had this idea that, you know, this this semi-sentient robot rabbit has spent like 20 years looking after all these screaming little children you know throwing ice cream at it and generally pissing it off and now it's been abandoned in the middle of the desert by its by its human owners and it's it's just basically gone mental it's decided i've had enough of this and it's broken out of this abandoned theme park and now roams the desert hunting humans in revenge for for for, for all these years of torment in this theme park so we, we had this idea that it's but kind of become a legend um so roro rabbit is this sort of story told to frighten children to go to bed um that there's this sort of big evil robot rabbit roaming the deserts and if you don't go to bed on time then you know roro rabbit will come for you um so uh, he was the most fun to come up with i think he's my favorite character um so yeah so I'm, I'm actually i'm still painting the first we only got samples of him literally just before the kickstart started so i'm still painting one up at the moment so he's meant to look like we had this idea of this sort of like painting him up almost like a clown but like rusty and weathered with one of his eyes missing so that it just looks seriously evil <laughs> um so so yeah so he's he's quite a cool character so uh we're, we're trying again we're trying to work out exactly how he fits into the game in terms of gameplay but the idea is that he's again he's an independent character that he can be taken on by any faction um but there's certain rules like you, you put him near humans and he's likely to go mad and start trying to kill them so you've got to keep him you've got to give him other robots near him who are going to act as like his handlers um and he's got this he's got his weapon is is a uh, is like a carousel horse on its pole because it was like you know the last thing he grabbed as he escaped from the from the theme park so he, he you know he bludgeons people to death by hitting them with his carousel horse that is probably so. the one thing on that model that stuck out to me the most when i first saw it i'm like what the hell is this you know and then i saw the carousel horse because he's got it upside down on like the steel pole i was like oh god he's beating people to death with a carousel horse and i yeah at that point i was like okay i need this rabbit 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's quite a cool model. He's quite a cool model. He's um yeah, he was uh, uh he was actually the easiest to design. I literally just did a did a search on Google for like cute cartoon rabbits. Um, and got lots and lots and lots of sort of, you know, anime style sort of, you know, cutesy rabbit heads and stuff and just thought, right, how can I make this look really creepy? Um, and just sort of stuck this really cutesy rabbit head on this sort of slightly slender gorilla type body with the big hands and and um yeah so he's got this sort of gorilla like stance where he sort of like rests on his fists um and yeah walks around with this with rab this uh, horse on a pole hitting people with it so um yeah he's he's a really cool character i, I said he's my, he's kind of my favorite so um if, if if he does well then i think we're probably going to expand the theme and assume that he had had some uh, uh, um assistance when he broke out and there was possibly some other cartoon characters out there with him so we might end up with a f- whole faction of evil robot cartoon characters hunting people <laughs> that would be amazing i'm just picturing it now like the whole theme park just went fuck all the humans and just like decided we're gonna murder everybody we've run across in this desert yep they yep. all just decided to leave because they're like there's nothing here for us we're gonna go start just like marauding villages and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got some other. We've got some other cool ideas for. Obviously, I mean, you know, this is this is a long term project for us. We're, so we've been, you know, been working on it. Well, we had the idea like ten years ago. We've been working on it pretty solidly for about three years. Um, so we, we've come up with a lot of ideas. We've also got a um, another. I suppose a faction, at least at least a couple of characters that we've come up with um, that we're going to be introducing in the next in the next campaign, which is uh, we've got um, well we've got a robot who's called the Chosen, and the idea is that he's actually he's like a sort of fairly normal like C three PO type human robot, human sized robot um, who uh, was actually uh, used to serve people in Taco Bell, um, and he got struck by lightning. And um, decided that uh, he, he went slightly schizo. There's lots of mad robots in this. You'll, you'll notice the theme here. There's lots of lots of robots that have gone mad. Um, but but yeah, the idea was that he was uh, he was struck by lightning, and and the, he decided that the electricity had told him that he had to rise up against the humans and lead all of his fellow robots to uh, to like robot heaven. Um, so so he's this kind of um, like robot preacher. Who goes around rescuing damaged robots from the from the Western U.S. Sort of goes around scrapyards and, and like reconditions robots, and he like wears robes and stuff. And he's kind of got this religion built up, like this cult of robots that follow him, um, serving him. And uh, yeah, he got he again he he doesn't like humans, so uh, he he sort of goes around trying to sort of um, convert robots to his cause and uh, and kill humans whenever he comes across them. So um, that's that's another cool one. But by contrast, we've also got we've we came up with a character called uh, Dixie Dynamite, uh, who's another mech gone mad. Um, but this time, it's the opposite. She was kind of a pleasure bot from from uh, Las Vegas, um, so uh, she's kind of a, kind of a stripper robot. Um, but but she, she she went mental and decided that uh, she was human, and therefore she hates robots. So she's kind of like a Don Quixote character. So she goes around on this motorbike, uh, hunting robots with a with a massive machine gun. Um, uh, but she doesn't realise that she's a robot herself. So um, that's going to be a very very fun sculpt when we get that done. So <laughs> if you imagine a giant stripper robot with a machine gun uh, on a motorbike. <laughs> I, it's I'm gonna be, it right now, and it's it's going to be a it's going to be a cool model. So there's there's some really cool stuff coming up, which I can't wait to get to. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get there later this year and have some have lots of nice stuff coming out. Nice. So we we've, we've spent quite a bit of time talking about the models. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the world. We have yet to talk about like how the game plays. Now, I understand that your rules are still being worked on, so anything you say is not final as of yet. I get that. So. Is this more of like a skirmish game? Like what size table is it played on? Can you tell us a little bit about the basic mechanics of how it works? Things of that nature? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, one of the important things I've learned over the last few years of running a, running a company is, is to realize what you're not good at and get someone who is good at it to do it for you. Um, and I realized 
I'm not that good at writing rules for games. <laughs> um, so uh, um, I, I, got, I said, I've got quite a few contacts in the industry and, and uh, uh, Mark Latham was recommended to me. And he's uh, he's one of those people who, who, although people may not recognize the name, you will recognize pretty much everything he's worked on. He was responsible for writing and or editing everything from Sedition Wars, um, the Walking Dead game, um, latest version of kings of war uh the marvel universe miniatures game loads and loads of big games so he's he's kind of one of the most prolific games creators in 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 europe at the moment so he's an awesome guy um and we were we were lucky enough to sort of someone gave me his email address and i emailed him and said hey look we're doing this crazy game with with mechs uh fighting in the wild west any chance you you could come and help us write some rules for it and uh he happened to be free and said yes that sounds cool so um so he he's been helping us i i had an idea of what i wanted to achieve with the rules um he's made it kind of actually work so i, I mean the, the idea is we, we did it's it's a very small scale skirmish game it's, it's it's what we would call a sort of a micro skirmish game in that it's you can use like as few as three or four models per side we, we, we didn't want to compete with the companies that go in the other direction and want to give you like 500 models for free in your kickstarter and everything's you know cheap plastic and huge armies and, and that side of things we, we, we're not going to compete on that so what we wanted was something that was very character focused it was almost sort of you know uh, it was what choices you made about sort of who you were employing for your team um and what weapons they were carrying and exactly what you did with them was very important it was very very sort of micro focused on the on the 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 the, the small choices that you made um so i mean you could you could play it with with sort of 20 or 30 models per side but we wanted it to be viable with only three or four um so it's a very small scale game we're 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 aiming for you know playing on a ideally a sort of three foot square gaming board so again it's not one of these things that's going to require a massive amount of area to play um it's all about small scale interactions between a small number of a small number of characters um and again we didn't want it to be just another how quickly can you shoot the other guy's characters kind of game you know they there's lots of those they 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 kind of get a bit boring i'm i'm very much into doing something new and exciting with games um so we had this idea from the outset that because this is all about business um and all of the terminology and everything in the game is all about sort of business interactions that we wanted the gameplay to reflect that as well so we've got this um cash flow system so essentially as well as having cards for each character where you sort of maintain you know how much life they've got left how much uh you know how how um loyal they are to you you've also concurrently got this board which is your uh, effectively your like bank card um which where you keep your assets um, and you can you can earn money essentially. You start off with a bank balance. You can spend that bank balance from the outset on buying more hardware and more characters for your team, or you can keep some aside. Um, but the idea is that you've got to you've got to keep on paying everybody. Essentially, if you've if you've hired a bunch of mercenaries, you've got to keep paying them. You've got to keep them on your side. And if you stop paying them, um, they're going to start getting pissed off with you, and they're going to be less loyal. And at that point, your opponent could start, you know, could send a negotiator in and go and sort of start talking to one of your characters and say, hey, listen, your employer's a bit shit and they're, they're not paying you enough. Um, if you come and work for us instead and, and betray your teammates, uh, we'll pay you triple. Um, and the, 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 depending on, you know, how well you've treated them and um, how healthy they are um, determines their susceptibility to being persuaded to change sides or at least not work very hard for you um so uh, both in terms of the mechs and the humans there's this whole element of you've got to keep you've not just you don't just pick your 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 team and they they automatically will die for you um you have to keep them on side throughout the whole game um so it's a sort of ongoing battle not just with your opponents but with your own characters to keep them loyal right um, so it, it definitely has like a resource management to it in its own way where it's like if i don't keep my folks happy they're gonna start shooting me in the face exactly exactly yes yeah. so i mean we don't want that to become um 
a distraction from the game itself. I mean, we want to keep it a sort of fairly fast-paced, exciting game where, you know, stuff is actually going on on the board. People are shooting each other. You've got to take cover and, and you know, you, you've got to take advantage of, like, your, your, your character's skills and what weapons they've got and so on and so forth. So all of that is still the core thing. Um, but, yeah, we wanted to have this extra element to it, this, uh, this add-on that, that you've also got to manage your money. Um, there's also going to be this central bank almost like monopoly it's not a player it's a it's a sort of inert entity that you can call on you can call in loans from the bank in order to sort of fund things depending on how well you're doing um you can call in airstrikes or remote hacks of of opponents mechs and things like this um and and but you also need to keep repaying the bank then the bank can lose faith in you depending on how much you borrow and how well you're repaying it you you can you know the bank can lose faith and start doing nasty things to you um so uh uh so yeah again there's another variable in there um and also i said there's there's this whole thing about wanting to keep the mechs on side the mechs are kind of a liability um so they you can you could go in and and hack an opponent's mech get it to decide that you're its mum and uh, get it to come and basically join your team and then you know whilst it's in the midst of your ranks uh, you could suddenly roll a bad dice and, and it's it, it, it breaks the hack and and decides it's it's switched sides back again and is now right next to all of your all of your characters so it could go on a killing spree and instantly wipe you out so you've got you've got to sort of take it's, it's all about taking risks taking risks and managing your risks so uh, um, yeah and, and the winner is ultimately the person who's got the, the highest asset value uh, at the end of the game so it's all about making money essentially so killing killing your opponents is is great because it reduces their asset value but if you can go and steal everything of theirs then it adds to yours as well as taking away from theirs so it's it's not always the best best policy to go in all guns blazing you're better off going and trying to steal things than trying to destroy them nice so that, i guess that brings me <laughs> to the next uh, set of questions when it comes time to this so everything you said is very character and story driven. So you, it sounds to me like you guys have some very campaign based play kind of in the works for the future. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but that's very much what it sounds like. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've sort of taken a little bit of a sort of sidestep from the norm in, in that we've, we've had this comic created for the for the campaign um which we're, we're being a little bit naughty in that we, we it's a 10 page comic we've created five pages of it and released them to the public and you only get the other five pages to find out what happens if you back our kickstarter campaign which is a li- little little bit naughty but we thought it was a, it was a sort of nice nice way of drawing people in um so yeah there's there's going to be as i said we've, we've written backstories for everybody so everyone's got a reason for what they're doing um so um, and we've got this ongoing backstory as to what's happening in the larger world, uh, which corporations are trying to do what and why. Um, so, so yes, yeah, so we, we want to bring in, we're not just going to keep throwing models at it and just keep the same set of rules and the same. It's like, you know, oh, it's up to you. Here's a bunch of models, you know, make a, put some sand on a board and let them fight each other there is going to be a lot of sort of ongoing developing story as to what's happening uh you know why things are happening why new models have been introduced and uh so yes so yes it's gonna i don't know how formally we're going to do it in terms of campaigns and you know what people are fighting over but uh there's that if people want it, there is going to be a lot of backstory there that people can use to create scenarios for their games. Um, so we, 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 I'm very much into sort of giving people the tools to be creative themselves. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll write a bunch of information. We'll b- write a story, uh, give people the characters, and say, well, you know, here's what's happening as far as we're concerned. Um, go come up with a reason why these people have met each other in this particular location and why they're fighting. Um, so, you know, we give people the tools and let them put their little bit of their creativity into, into sort of why their actual combat is happening at that time. Nice. Nice. So it, it definitely, it definitely lends itself to story play very easily because, you know, the thing I've noticed, especially nowadays is that when it comes time to uh, skirmish games in particular, that a lot of people look at it very much like, uh, I, I guess the best way to put it is like downloadable content, like from a video game, 
where mm. it's like, you know, if you launch a video game, say Call of Duty, you know, I, I use that as a, an example, and then you release another shooter that's very similar to Call of Duty. One of them's got like online multiplayer and zombie mode and all that. The other one's just story. Even if people don't have internet, they still like buying the one that's got all the other options kind of with it, if that makes sense. Mm. And I've noticed it's kind of started pouring over into miniatures games a lot more too, where people kind of go, that's cool. What's next? Like the moment something comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I said, I, you know, I'm kind of like that with, with, with it as well. So um, I, I became aware that I am, I am my own target market. Uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, that means that, that, you know, other people will like what we're doing as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we've been trying certainly in this campaign to, to, to sort of start telling people what's coming next. Um, so, so yeah, we, we, we very much want it to be an ongoing story where it's not just, it's not just static. It's not, it's not just like, ta-da, here's a game. A lot of people certainly with, with, with Kickstarter, a lot, there's, there's this sort of tendency to, you know, drop a, drop a big game on the market with a complete miniatures range and then just leave it just let it let it sell for a while and not do anything new with it not release anything new for it uh, you know and then just do another big dump of a new campaign a year later or two years later or something so i mean right we, at that point when people have already kickstarted five six different games and they no longer give a shit about that one <laughs> exactly exactly so what we ideally want to do is we what this is this is a sort of incremental ongoing thing we want to we want to be releasing new stuff all the time and keeping the story going all the time um i mean you know obviously we're we're, we're a small small very small company so you know there's a limit to how much we're going to be able to do but um we we we've got a lot of cool people on side doing as i said doing the comics and doing artwork for us and stuff so if we can we want to as i said we wanted to have this something that sort of grows incrementally um and we've got you know we've got ideas for the second and third iteration of the game and what we're going to introduce we want to do a a version that moves the whole game north to sort of the uh, the edge of the arctic circle uh, called frozen assets um which is uh uh g- you know going to introduce new new factions and everything's going to get all snow themed and so on and so forth so that's going to take the whole thing in a new direction as well so we've got loads of ideas for sort of you know so keeping it going for a long period of time and keeping people interested um so it's not just going to be more of the same and more of the same it's gonna you know it's gonna it's gonna grow and develop and people can take it in new directions themselves as well yeah, I definitely like it. You know, I'm a big fan, as most people know, listening to this podcast, I'm a big fan of anything post-APOC and near future. Like, I pretty much grew up cutting my teeth on cyberpunk and things of that nature. So having a game that's not like, you know, not not crapping on anything, but like that super anime, everything's clean and shiny, that's just not for me. I like my mechs to be dirty and shooting oil all over the place and like gritty. I, I like grit in my games, I guess is the best way for me to put it. Mm. So... You know, seeing Armored Syndicate and like when when I first saw it up on Kickstarter, when you when you even beforehand, when I started seeing early renders of it, I was like, "This is really cool. This is something that I could really get behind." Unfortunately, you guys launched Kickstarter right around the time of me getting a house, so I'm <laughs> out on the damn thing. Unfortunately, but it is what it is. I mean, there's always time to get it later on down the line. Um, but I, I am definitely excited for you guys as far as what you got coming out in the future. It's uh you know, I, I see a lot of promise in it, especially if you guys are, you know, making sure that you cater to the fans, which, you know, I don't need to tell you all that. You guys already know that you're gamers yourselves. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's been very much, as I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, a miniature collector and painter do a little bit of gaming, but you know, everyone else involved is, is very heavily into, into all aspects of gaming. So I said, it's, 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 yeah, it, it, it's very much been a, a matter of trying to, trying to work out what people want trying to work out how i mean obviously you know we we've got our own ideas as to what we think is cool um and yeah i mean ultimately you've just got to sort of hope that other people think that think the same as you uh that what you think is cool is cool to other people as well um but uh but yeah i'm i'm you know i'm pretty confident that that what we're what we're doing is is unique and something that people will like um so uh so yeah so once this campaign's done we're we're, we're straight on to finishing the rules um the rules are sort of literally sort of, I, I would say about a third 
written at the moment. Um, so we're, 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 the aim is to finish those up and then uh, we're launching a second Kickstarter probably towards the very end of this year, as soon as this first one is fulfilled, um, to do a full hard copy rule book, which is going to include more backstory, artwork, and all kinds of other cool stuff in there. Plus, we'll be launching the, the third faction at the same time as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And if, anyone who backs the first campaign will get a massive discount off of the the rules for the second one. So we didn't want to sort of start trying to offer the rules in a, in a hardback format off of this campaign because it's you know we're 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 very much aware of the risks of offering things that you haven't created yet so um you know we're sticking a pain in the ass when it comes time to anything kickstarter related unless you're (laughs) kickstarting an rpg it's best just to release a digital copy of your rules yeah absolutely absolutely so so yeah we want and we want to get them right as well you know we don't want to rush it write something and just go that'll that'll do that's fine and not have actually played it ourselves a lot um so so yeah so we figured you know we we've got mark on board we we know we're going to get a good set of rules so we want to we want to write them test them then we'll launch a full set as a separate campaign later on so that people can be confident when they're backing it that this is not just you know some guy's written it in his bedroom because he thinks he's a game writer and not really tried it out and but you know wants to wants to come up with something so that he can make some money we're 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 very much sort of we want to get it right first before we actually offer it to people for money um in in terms of the actual rules itself we don't want to we don't want to sort of pretend it's a finished game it's not a finished game yet um but it's going to be and it's going to be cool um so i think we want to get people involved at this stage and and get feedback i mean that's the other idea of you know if we send out beta rules and you know a couple of hundred people play them and come back and say well that's shit don't do that that mech's like way too beardy that mech can destroy everything you need to tone that down a bit it's you know everything's set to 11 at the moment you need to turn it down to like eight or nine otherwise everyone's just going to take that mech and destroy everyone um so you know there's all these little things that until you've actually played it you don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work so we very much want to yeah we want to play it to death before we offer it to people which makes total sense i mean again you guys are in this for the long run you want to make sure you're launching a complete product to everybody out there you don't want just want to be like well we made some cool miniatures and the rules well i guess we have rules here you go have at yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i've i've uh, you know i've see, seen that seen that done i've backed a couple of campaigns which have sort of fo- focused on the miniatures i mean obviously my interest is is mainly as a designer is, is in the miniatures i mean i've come up with the ideas for all the characters for all the miniatures um and that's that's the bit the the bit that's sort of been of most interest to me creatively but uh you know i'm very much aware i said i've you know i've seen other campaigns where that's been the focus and a a game has sort of been tagged onto it because people thought well we we really should have a game otherwise people aren't going to back the campaign if they just they're not going to back it just to get the miniatures so we have to have a we have to have a game you know we'll knock something together based off of other people's rules and hack it about a bit and just sort of there you go there's look there's a game uh because we've we've ticked that box um we didn't want to we we didn't want to be another one of those companies we wanted to sort of say you know hands up there isn't a game yet but there is going to be and you know look we've got you know genuinely talented people writing it and we're going to let you play with it tell us what's wrong fix it then we'll sell it to you uh once it's right um again with the miniatures i mean we, we launched the first miniatures nearly two years ago now because we didn't want to be another one of these companies that just sort of you know here's here's renders and sketches for 40 miniatures we haven't made yet um but back us anyway we wanted this we wanted people to be able to have bought the models or the first few models at least looked at them made them painted them gone yeah actually these are really nice models i want to get more of these um and then launch the campaign which is what we've what we've done we wanted it to be established we wanted to have some kind of you know credibility that that we can do this we're not just as i said we're not you know we're not just doing a bunch of drawings sticking them on kickstarter and hoping for the best cool so with all that said, how many days are left to your Kickstarter at the time that we're recording this? Now, obviously, this is going to go. This will go live in a few days. But uh, how many days are left to your Kickstarter currently? Uh, I think we are at fifteen days left. 
um it was it was we wanted to keep a short camp but we've we've done this is like our sixth or seventh crowdfunding campaign now um and we've we've tried everything in terms of how long the campaign should be and we've settled on about three weeks being about right um for a for a smallish campaign i mean obviously if you're an enormous company and you're doing a huge campaign four or five weeks seems to work better but for for what we're doing we've we three weeks seems to focus people's minds <laughs> a little bit more um so uh, you know there's not an infinite it's not something you can think oh i'm going to come back to this this time next month and i can still pledge on it it'll still be there it, it won't be it'll see we're only doing it for three weeks so um we're almost a week in now um and yeah we've got so it ends on i think it's the 7th of july um it's about it's about 4 p.m uk time so yeah uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fairly early morning us time so end of end of the 6th of july i think is probably going to be uh the the the, the last chance people have to back it cool all right and are you guys going to be doing a late backer pledge you know i'm not really asking for the rest of my podcast listeners i'm more or less asking for me um we're we're running it through backer kit from from the outset we're, we're going to be running the pledge manager through backer kit so there will be the possibility of 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 accepting new backers in it's probably going to be early august i would have thought um through that obviously there will be things that we won't be offering through that um you know we don't want to we don't want to uh, offer everything that we've offered in the kickstarter we want people to have some incentive to back the original campaign and not just sure. wait um but but yeah in terms of the sort of the core uh core miniatures those are still going to be uh, accessible through the through the kickstarter account uh, through the, the backer kit um uh manager uh for for a month or so afterwards so um uh so yeah so people will have an opportunity if they miss it to to to, to follow that so we'll, we'll be advertising the hell out of that on our facebook page and through the website so uh uh yeah so people will be, people will have another chance to catch it later on awesome okay cool well that definitely uh that definitely gives hope to the people that might be looking at this and, uh, you know, saying, oh, crap, I don't know if 14 days is good enough. You know, I understand that some people, they look at Kickstarters and they think that if I if they don't get it on day one, that, you know, they're screwed. And I, I don't like people thinking that. I mean, again, the whole purpose of a Kickstarter is to help ultimately to help smaller companies like you that have gone out of your way and been brave enough to try to get a product out there to actually make it happen for you. You know, they're helping you make your dream come true. So I always tell people, I don't care if there's like three hours left, jump on it, you know, just, mm. you know, even if it's for the dollar, because at least at that point you're in there. And then as soon as the campaign ends, you can jump in and do what else you need to do. So I've always been a, always been one of those people that says, look, don't think that you have to jump in on day one, unless you end up like me and you end up buying a house and you have to freeze all your assets until the house is taken care of, you know, but that's <laughs> a different thing. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we, that was, I was going to say that was the other thing. I mean, we, we having backed a lot of campaigns myself, um, I've, I've been, seriously pissed off by a lot of these campaigns where there's been like one or two models that i've desperately wanted and they always make you buy a whole army just to get the one model you want so i said from the outset whether it loses money or not i want everything that we release to be available as an add-on so every single model if you want to back us i mean we've got a one pound pledge level which is one dollar fifty at the current or one dollar forty something at the current exchange rate so might as well be a one dollar pledge level that gets you the the beta rules digital rules the digital comic book backstory um and gives you access to as you say come in later and then buy things from the from the campaign so yeah if you literally just look at it and go well i i am not that fussed about the game but i really like that one model you can buy that one model um so uh yeah we, we we said from the outset we wanted people to be able to do that because as i said i i'd been frustrated by other campaigns that didn't let you do that so yeah if people you know don't feel bad if you come in and just go well actually i only like that one model that's fine just buy that one model then <laughs> um it's uh yeah as you say even if you just go in at the one pound level uh, at least you're buying access to it you're buying buying a step a foot in the door to the to the future of the project um so you know if it looks like something that might be of interest to you yeah you can do that and then at least you've got the possibility to sort of come in at a later stage and go actually yeah this is developing quite nicely i like the look of this i like the new stuff that's being released yeah i'm going to jump on this now um you know it gives you that option nice 
Well, you know, this actually is coming to the end of the episode. So uh, again, thanks so much for coming on, Ben. But is there anything else that you want to plug one last minute before I let you go? Oh, um, just go, go, go look at the campaign. I think I, you know, I said it's, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's a very visual campaigner so we've got lots of cool artwork and uh, you know i personally i think the models are they're 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 of a new style i mean i I don't think they're sort of you know a couple of people said oh they're not like the traditional sort of you know ultra cartoony you know skulls and and guns all over everything kind of style and they're they're not they're they're a more gritty realistic kind of style um but you know a lot of people seem to like that so i said i yeah really if, if even if you only go in and pledge at one pound it, it means it means you've got access to it later it puts a bookmark in it so that you can go back and look at it again later and and choose to get some cool stuff there's lots of nice cool things we're adding a load of stretch goals um a lot of which i think are going to get unlocked i think we're going to unlock a new mech tomorrow uh just for the hell of it even if we don't break the stretch goal, just because I want to make the new mech. Um, so, so yeah, there's going to be lots of extra new cool stuff coming in. So, yeah, I just I, people just need to follow it and keep an eye on it. And yeah, I said, you know, watch for the new stuff coming out. Nice, nice. Well, Ben, again, I hate I hate to leave so early, but uh, unfortunately, with my schedule being as booked as it is, it was fantastic having you on. Um, we have to have you on again as soon as this thing is done. We got to get you talking about some other stuff. Yeah, because, no problem. Uh, I am definitely excited about everything that Armored Syndicate has to offer. Cool. No, that would be good. Yeah, I'd be happy to come on again. All right. Well, folks, that's going to be the end of this episode of Skirmish Supremacy. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Skirmish Supremacy. To see more of the antics that Nick and I do, you can check us out on Facebook at Skirmish Supremacy. We also have Twitter, which we can be reached at Skirmish Supreme, because apparently Skirmish Supremacy does not fit in Twitter. And if you want to email us directly, you can reach us at tim at skirmishsupremacy.com or nick at skirmishsupremacy.com. Thanks for listening.